0: Church! How is everyone this morning? Beautiful day. couple of quick announcements before we get rock and rolling here this morning. This Wednesday for Fun Club, for the kiddos, remember we're starting to do that again here this summer, um, we are going to go putt-putt golfing. Yeah! We have a little excitement in the house, I like it. Um, so anyway, what we're going to do to arrange this is we will have teachers out at Divots at 6.30 ready to go. <clears throat> so on your way to church Wednesday night, and remember we're doing teaching service instead of prayer Wednesday night. On your way to church, stop by Divots, drop your kids off, a whole whopping $3. Hopefully you can handle it. If not, let us know. We'll take up an offering. What's that? And then... <laughs> And drop your kids off at six thirty at Divots. That'll give you plenty of time to get here and be ready for church. And then when church is over, head out and please pick them up. Please don't leave them. So we'll, we'll find something to do with them if you leave them. But anyway, so that'll be this Wednesday, and we've got different things lined up for every Wednesday night. And the goal is just to have a blast and give these kids an opportunity to bring friends, have some good time in a wholesome, fun environment. You know, we, we did some cooking the one night. Last week we had a water balloon fight and a water gun fight. Kids had a blast doing that. I think even some of the adults might have had more fun, specifically Amy. Anyway, this Wednesday we'll be doing putt-putt golf. So there's really no rhyme or reason to what has to happen on a Wednesday night. It's just designed to have fun. And we don't need a qualified children's church teacher to be able to do a Wednesday night. So I want to encourage you other adults that maybe have never done nothing like this or worked with the kiddos, if you've got a wild idea, come talk to me. We'll let you have a night. But don't worry, we won't just stick you with 15 kids and hope for the best and drown you or anything like that. We'll have other teachers and people that will come along and help you. But if you want to host a night and do something fun with the kids, whatever that idea may be, and think outside the box, it can be anything obviously kind of needs to fit within some of a time restraint but you know if you have an idea like that and you want to be a part of that I encourage you to do that come talk to me come talk to Beth come talk to my wife and we'll we'll let you have a have a, get to a, be a part of that I think this would be a good opportunity for some of you adults to get around some of these younger kids and just have a good meshing time and a good a good time period and Trust me, they'll they'll pump some life into you too, and then the chaos is always good fun. So, I just want to encourage you to do that. That's kind of the goal of the Wednesday night fun club to do that and to help be a part of that. So, this Wednesday night, six thirty at Divots. Pick them up afterwards. Three dollars a kid. Encourage the kids to bring friends. Anybody and everybody is welcome, kind of thing. We'll take we'll take all the rugrats we can get our hands on. So. What what exactly are our ages? What are we doing, kids? <laughs> so our our children's church is first through sixth grade, but we've been we've been taking to younger ones, and I think we'll have enough manpower to handle some of these younger ones too. Uh, we do have nursery that night for the really little ones; they can come here. But um, two and under to come here. Two and under. Tell we're just kind of rolling with the punches here. That's all right. So, and, and I think each event will kind of somewhat dictate on what ages we do and stuff like that, too. So this one, we'll call it two and under, are going to come here and play and do things in the nursery. Two and up, we'll take out to the divots and have some good fun. So amen. So let's go ahead and stand up this morning, and I'll pray. We'll get ready for worship this morning. Who came ready to worship our God? Amen. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come into your presence with joy and thanksgiving upon our lips this morning. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. Help us to worship our Father in spirit and truth. We exalt you this morning. Father, we worship you. We praise you in Jesus' mighty name.
1: If you're a guest, don't respond. We're glad you're here, but don't respond to this first question. By your response, Harvest Church, verbally, do you trust me? Yes. Yes. Okay, that was pretty good. That was like 80% of you. Pretty good. Uh, Now, to our guests, this is not a normal church. This is not a weird church, but this is not a normal church, okay? We're going to start with a new song. It's called, Holy Spirit, Come. I'm not interested in having church. I'm interested in the Holy Spirit doing mm-hmm. what he wants to do, okay? Yeah. Might be new to you. The lyrics will be up there. We might do a couple of new songs today.
2: Sure enough, <laughs>
1: this is not a normal church. This is not a weird church, but we desire the Holy Spirit to come. Amen. Would you play that, Katie?
2: Speaking Oh can you see it He's got your healing Receive it Oh Jesus
3: You can run, you can run all you want, but I'm we
4: read to you two passages of Scripture that, were, that was quickened to me as we were worshiping this morning. I just want you to close your eyes. Will you do that and just listen? This is from John chapter 15 and verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay one's life down for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Now listen to this. You did not choose me. But I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give you. These things I command you that you love one another. But you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Father, this morning, We thank you for your presence in this place. And we yield ourselves, spirit, soul, and body. Oh, Father, we cry out to you today for divine order in our lives. What's out of order come into divine order. You are the rebuilder. You are the one that restores his people. You are always the God of the second chance. We honor you. We honor you in this house today. We glorify you. Vessels of honor we are. Sanctified and useful for the Master. And prepared for every good work that is ahead of us. Your grace, Father, is sufficient. No matter our background, where we've come from, our education, it doesn't make any difference. You love us with an everlasting love. And you have chosen us to bear fruit. So Lord, we consecrate and dedicate our lives this morning to you. For we do desire to bear much fruit. That Jesus Christ might receive all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. And it's in his name we pray. Amen, 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 amen Amen. Thank you Thank you Lord Jesus I I told you a number of weeks ago That church isn't going to be the same anymore I want the real thing And I know you do too But that will require us to seek after him To cry out to Him. And He's promised if we seek, we will find. This is a seeking church body of believers. And I I have this in my message, but I want to say it now because we've been ministering on John chapter 6 and the miracle of feeding the 5,000. But you are the five loaves and the two fish. There is so much potential here. I'm amazed that I look at the, the, our backgrounds and where we've come from and how God can bring a people together. Love will make allowances for our mistakes, our character flaws. God's love is unconditional. Where would we be today, some of us, if it wasn't for that unconditional love? So we're coming into a time in the body of Christ, in this season, where we need to learn how to defer to one another, recognize one another. God wants to use all of us. It's not going to be about just The person behind the pulpit. Every one of us has a part to play in what God wants to do in the days ahead. And if you're not thinking that way, then you need to renew your mind. The scriptures I read, you should write them down. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Amen. Amen. Kick the air on, would you please? Too much fire. Kids, are they are they in here today? Or are you dismissed? You know, this this is the future right here. Amen. Amen. Give them a hand. Amen. I think I'd rather maybe I'll go play mini golf. I'm not ministering Wednesday night anyway, so look in your Bibles, please, because this is This is the scripture that I have for you. This is our offering, of course, but this is a specific word that I want to give you. How many of you have a business? Let me see your hands if you have your own business. few. 2 Chronicles, chapter 25. We have Amaziah reigning in Judah, he was 25 years old when he became king, chapter 25, verse 1, and it says he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem, his mother's name was Jehoadan of Jerusalem, now listen to verse 2, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but, everyone say but, but not with a loyal heart. Now, it happened as soon as the kingdom was established that he executed his servants who had murdered his father, the king. However, he did not execute their children, but did as it, as it is written in the law in the book of Moses, where the Lord commanded, saying, The fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor shall the children be put to death for their fathers, but a person shall die for his own sin. Moreover, Amaziah gathered Judah together and set over them captains of thousands and captains of hundreds, according to their father's houses, throughout all Judah and Benjamin. And he numbered them from 20 years old and above and found them to be 300,000 choice men able to go to war who could handle spear and shield. Now listen, this is where it gets a little different. Verse 6, He also hired 100,000 mighty men of valor from Israel, For one hundred talents of silver. But a man of God. aren't Aren't you always glad there's a man of God? Or a prophet of God? But a man of God came to him saying, O king, do not let the army of Israel go with you. For the Lord is not with Israel. Not with any of the children of Ephraim. But if you go, be gone, be strong in battle, even so God shall make you fall before the enemy, for God has power to help and to overthrow. Then Amaziah said to the man of God, but what shall we do about the hundred talents of which I have given to the troops of Israel? So here he didn't think his kingdom was enough, so he had to hire mercenaries. So he did that, but then the man of God came and said, Listen, if you do that, you're going to go out and you're going to lose. So then the king says, Well, what am I going to do with that money I spent? And this is what I want. This is the scripture that had in my heart this week. And the man of God answered, The Lord is able to give you much more than this. Now say that with me. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. Once more, the Lord is able to give you much more than this. How many of you right now with upraised hands would say, I can tell financially there's a squeeze going on? Whether it be gas, groceries. God is able to give you much more than this. Caleb is, is in Fort Wayne, Indiana. He's working for a, a company that goes out and sets up tents and chairs and uh, events, an event business. And basically when, and they're busy. He's working almost six, seven days a week. But he's, the, the owner of the business was talking with Caleb and he said, during COVID, he says they shut everything down. So the business, their business suffered. There was nothing going on. He even said they're still out there wearing masks. The farther east you get, the more liberal it gets. But I want you today to see, I don't care what the situation is. If you will allow God to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you might ask or think, Ephesians 3.20. Here's another scripture, Deuteronomy 8.18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, or the ability to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant which He swore to your fathers as it is this day. Proverbs ten twenty two: The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and He adds no sorrow with it. God's quite able to take care of you. God's quite able to take care of me. God's quite able to see that your business prospers, no matter what's going on. But there's some things that you and I need to do. Number one, we need to believe God. Mm -hmm. And then, today, you can say, well, that's a good scripture, but you need to agree with that scripture. That's the word of the Lord. Agree with the scripture that He's able to give you exceedingly abundantly above all that you might ask or think. He's able to give you much more. Say much more. Much more more than this. So you and I need to believe God. We need to agree with God and His Word. And then, what we're going to talk about this morning, you and I need to learn to obey God. Obey God. I had a Young couple, I was mar- uh, doing marriage counseling yesterday. They asked me, they're going to a church, and, and, and that's great. And then I got into finances. I started talking about tithing. And I looked at him, and I said, do you tithe? Well, yeah. Right now, I'm up to 8%. I said, what? I'm do- 8%. I don't see that in the Bible. There's no 8%. It's 10%. And so during the whole four hours I did with him, I'd come back and say, how much? 8%, 10%. Those of you that are tithing, you can relax in the days ahead. He'll rebuke the seed eater for you. But he's not going to do it for 8%. 6%, 7% were commanded. Talk about obedience. We're called you know, and commanded to give 10%. It's not because God needs it. It's not because, yeah, the church needs the tithe to function, but He's our source. He's your source. But if you're not going to be obedient in giving the tithe, don't expect Him to deliver you in the days ahead. Uh uh-uh. uh. If you're not tithing, you're in disobedience to the word of the Lord. Aren't you glad your preacher's not here just to get rich? Aren't you glad your preacher's not afraid to give you the truth? If you say, well, Pastor, I'm afraid to give that 10% then you need to rebuke the spirit of fear. Because fear is holding you back. And God has not given His people a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Amen, ushers. You can kindly wait upon the people. You need an envelope for your giving. Raise your hands and I'll hand you one. Amen. Want you, can you put that up on the, please, that slide? This must have happened at twelve forty-two a.m. Huh? Were you in the truck? Sitting at home, okay. And God gave him a word, and I want I want you to read it, and then explain to them through this picture. Remember the quarter? We're doing that one. explain to them what this... I didn't even know this.
5: Well, I didn't really understand coin at first I wrote that. Hi. Uh, I didn't understand what the coin reference actually meant, and then I was listening uh, when I was in the truck to Lance Walnow, and he uh, was talking about this coin, and I guess back in the 30s, there was a... Uh, Female coin designer she designed this uh, the new twenty twenty two coin where the uh, the head of George Washington is obviously turned away from in God we trust and now what it's what they 're doing is it 's supposed to be uh, a uh, coin that celebrates women 's accomplishments and I mean, they just—they just are putting it under that. They're not. It's not. A, there's no spiritual aspect to it, even though, yes, there is. It's obviously the nation's turning their uh, their backs against do God. You see but, what they did? But God's saying that He's He's got our back. That's what He's representing that as. <laughs> he's, do, he's.
4: Do you get that? Thank you. He's got our back. Amen. So, a lot of thank you. Put that other slide up, please. A lot of weird stuff going on, folks. Jesus isn't weird. He's our answer to every problem. Amen. We're on a series and have been, and and, uh, I want you to look in John chapter 6. John chapter 6. I'm going to read this to you. We'll just go as far as we can today, and then I'll pick up next week where I leave off. This is the miracle of feeding the 5,000. We said our purpose is to help you, the believer, develop a harvest mindset. What kind of mindset? Harvest mindset. And mobilize you to go and fulfill the great commission. To help prepare you for the future by learning seven principles from this miracle of feeding the 5,000. Let me read it to you. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him, because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mount, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said, Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to them, There is a lad, say there is a lad, here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? And then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000, and Jesus took the loaves, and when he'd given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise to the fish, as much as they wanted. That's our God. As much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up, filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet who's come into the world. Now, there's seven things here in this miracle that we see, and we've talked about a few of these. Number one, we need to see the sheep with no shepherd. Your eyes better be open to a lost humanity out there. Your eyes need to be open to the sick, to those who need help. Amen? Number two, we need to raise up leaders who can assess the needs of people and make wise decisions. Well, could Philip and Andrew, they were works in progress, just like you and I. But they at least followed Jesus and they saw something. Number three, we need to recognize the next generation has something to offer. We talked about the, the little lad that had the, the, the five loaves and the two fish, had brought his lunch. Today I want to talk about obey God and utilize the resources he's provided. Everyone read that with me. Obey God and utilize the resources. Amen. So let's talk a, bit, a little bit about obedience. I just can't get off that subject. Wonder why. Do you think you and I could be more obedient? If we're willing and obedient, then we'll eat the good of the land. So we need to obey God, utilize the resources he's provided. And uh, basically, when, when Philip and Andrew drew uh, Jesus' attention to this lad, and, and uh, Jesus gave them, we, we gave it to you in the past, but he gave them specific orders, did he not? Did they follow those orders? Yes. And what happened? A miracle. That's why obedience is so important. If you can, and I cannot obey God in little things, how are we going to obey God in big things? Amen. It's is this is so so important. We said uh it's scriptural to state the problem. They had a problem but then look for a solution. We said too many believers can only see what they don't have instead of what God the Father has provided for them. Do you know how many pastors look out on their congregations? I've done it. I've been guilty of it. And I I say, Lord, but if only I had somebody that could do this. Oh, Lord, if I only had a, a bass player on the worship team. If I only had this, I only had that. If I only had somebody with a lot of initiative. See, preachers are guilty of not even seeing and recognizing and discerning what's right in front of their nose. That's why I'm telling you today earlier, there, there are five loaves and two fish here in this church. Oh, but pastor, you don't know where I've come from. Ask Bobby where he came from. He'll, he'll tell you. He's not afraid to tell you. There's so much potential here. And I don't look out anymore and, and think, oh, I wish this and I wish that. I'm, I'm looking to the future because I see what's coming. And if we're going to be effective as a church body in this community and win the lost, lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Should I say the next one? Cast out devils. You think there's any devils in Norfolk? A couple. First, we've got to deal with the, the Christians before we deal with the devils in the world. That didn't go over, did it? Too many believers can only see what they don't have instead of what God the Father has provided for them. Don't keep telling God, well, God, I just don't have this. I'm not able to do this, and on and on and on and on. Just do what you can do. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. If you're mowing the yard, do the best job you can. If you're killing weeds, do the best job. I said, if you're and you do. He knows I'm weird about weeds. Whatever you do, if you're on the worship team, if you're an usher, if you're in security, if you're working with the children, if you're cleaning toilets, do the best job. She gets mad at me. I clean at home. I don't cook. I don't want to cook. I'll never cook. But I clean. But then she said, you're not getting underneath the toilet ramp. You know how I met Oral Roberts? cleaning his toilet his own personal bathroom his own personal throne I got to clean his toilet and I had kids under me that couldn't even clean a toilet they were embarrassed and they'd run out the door I didn't see some of them but oh no I cleaned all Robert's toilet one day I came out of the door like I usually do I'm slowing down now but I was I was just like this. I mean, I was not lazy, and I—if I had a job, I was doing it. Get out of my way. And guess who I ran in and almost knocked down on the floor? Oral Roberts. Here I am with the toilet brush. I said, all I said was, I remember exactly, explicitly what I said. I'm sorry, sir. (laughs) God, I felt like an idiot. Oral Roberts, a great man of God. What a privilege to run into him. All he did was, he didn't say a thing to me. He just kind of, and he goes, walked away. I thought maybe he'd say, you're going to be a great preacher. I see the hand of the Lord on you. You'll no longer have to clean toilets. I didn't get that. Don't despise the day of small beginnings, folks. so important. Matthew 25, 21 says, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things, and I'll make you ruler over many things. So if you're faithful, if you're obedient over a few things, God will promote you. Amen? If you and I do our part by obeying, God will do his part and provide a miracle. See, obedience was so important in this miracle. But many of us don't read it and see the explicit, you know, commands to do some things. And those disciples did it. And that group of people, that multitude, experienced a miracle. We will not experience miracles here unless everyone is doing what they're supposed to do. And doing it with the right heart's attitude, not like King Amaziah. Yeah, he did something, but it wasn't his heart. Obedience always precedes a miracle. Say that. Now, obedience requires two things. Obedience requires, in fact, there's other things involved, but these are two main things. Humility. Do you want the second one? Suffering. Now, I'm not talking about being sick with cancer. That's, Yeah, that's suffering, but that's not the kind of suffering I'm talking about. I'm talking about persecution. I'm talking about when you run for an office like city council and your opponent's down at the local bar trashing you. That's what I'm talking somebody that takes a stand for what is right. And yet, two individuals in a local watering hole are trashing him. To the point a stranger sees it and calls him and says, why don't you come down here? And wisely, he did not. Maybe a few years ago. Bobby, too. Bobby the second You took care of those issues Bobby years ago. You didn't ask questions, you just did it. And then the bartender cleaned it up. That's what I'm talking about. You and I are going to have to humble ourselves in the days ahead, and we're going to have to endure some persecution. We take a stand for what is right. What about President Trump? Has he had any or endured, have to endure any persecution? (laughs) But he was born for such a time as this. And he has the grace. And guess what? When we're persecuted, we will have the grace to endure it. See, we haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to give you fair warning. The stance this church took in this town politically there will be persecution. There will be things said about us as pastors in the days ahead, but will you defend us? Or will you just say, well, yeah, that's where I go. That preacher, he's something else. Yes, I am something else. But my wife is even more something else. There, If you're going to... Obey God, then it's going to require you to humble yourself. Jesus in Philippians 2, it says, He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. The word humbled literally means to make low. It means to make low. It means to make low. This is humility. To make low. But if you have pride in your heart, that will be difficult for you. Because you'll want to take care of the problem. And, you know, Zach, at this stage just trust him. Trust him. Trust him. He'll take, you know, yeah, our flesh wants to go down there and deal with it. But we've got to trust God and let him deal with it. If God be for this church, who can be against us? If God be for you as a believer, who can be against you? No weapon formed against you. Amen. It describes this humility that Jesus portrayed. It describes a person who has no arrogance and is willingly submitted to God in his will. So a humble person is willingly submitted to God and His will. Willingly submitted. It's heart. Everyone say it's heart. It's submission of the heart. You come here to this church, you can do things. But you can do it with the wrong, the, the right heart's attitude or the wrong heart's attitude. You can sow your tithe and your offering with the right heart's attitude or the wrong heart's attitude. It all comes down to your heart. Jesus was willingly submitted to God in His will. Jesus Christ took upon Himself human flesh. I can't even fathom this. I can't believe how Jesus gave up the glory to come down to planet Earth and take on this flesh. But He did it. There's a number of scriptures. I'm going to give you scriptures and then we'll quit. But I want to give these scriptures. I really wanted to get into suffering. (laughs) So, I guess you'll have to suffer next week with me. How many have cried out for the glory? How many have wanted the glory? There's no glory without suffering. That's just a preview of what I'm going to tell you next week. You cry out for the glory. Oh, I want the glory. I'll show you scripturally, there's no glory without suffering. Without being without tribulation, without persecution. When I was a young man going to Ramah and knew I was coming to Norfolk, I thought I was going to save the Norfolk, save the city. See, I didn't have a preacher in my life at that time, Caden, like you got me. Because if you get squirrely and weird, I'll deal with you, and I've told you that. If you get too big for your britches, I'll remind you, about this message of humbling yourself, amen, and suffering. I just want you to know, newsflash, there's suffering ahead for you. There's suffering ahead. Now, I'm not saying there's... Of course, you know what I'm talking about, but you're, if you're going to take a stand for God, anyone in this room, you're, you're going to pay the price. Some of you paid the price and still come to this church when your loved ones turn their back on you. Amen? Listen to this scripture, Second Chronicles 7, verse 14, all about humility. If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. It takes humility to pray, seek, and turn. It takes humility to bow your knee and pray. It takes humility to seek first his kingdom before yours. It takes humility to recognize and discern there's sin in your life, and you must turn, you must repent. Isaiah fifty seven fifteen. This is a great these are two great scriptures. Isaiah fifty seven fifteen and Isaiah sixty six two. Isaiah 57, 15, for, the, for thus says the High and Lofty One who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. Say, God's name, it's holy. I dwell in the high and holy place. With him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones or those that you look up that word con- contrite means crushed to pieces. Kathy have we have we ever felt since we came here that we were crushed <laughs> in a wine press or in a, a press sure that's what tribulation means it, it's like you and you're oppressed and it's just and it's just coming down on you and you're crushed But it says here, God's presence is manifested with those who have a contrite and humble spirit. God's presence dwells with the believer who is humble. Not a false humility, but a heart that says, like today, I sense that today, we want God. And we want, we'll do what, we'll pay the price, whatever it takes. Look at this in I want to read it to you from the Amplified in Isaiah 66. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house would you build for me? What kind, of, what kind can be my resting place? Verse 2. For all these things my hand is made, and so all these things I've come into being by and for me, says the Lord. Now listen. But this is the man to whom I will look... And have regard. He who is humble. And of a broken or wounded spirit. Now listen. Who trembles at my word. And reveres my commands. You want God's presence. It says here. It requires of you and I. A humble broken or wounded spirit. That we tremble at his word. And we revere fear his commands. We're talking about humility and suffering that has to, all has to do with obedience. Romans 12:16. I'm almost done. Romans 12:16. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. So who you and who who should we associate with? Humble people, like-minded people. People with servants' hearts and attitudes, they love God. They're submitted to God. One translation says, make friends with the nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. I like that. Make friends with the nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. We all need friends in low places. Some of you got that you like Garth Brooks, because they just might take you to high places. You never know. James 4, 6 says, God resists the proud. Say that with me. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. How many of you need grace? He gives it to the humble. Verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. 1 Peter 5 says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. Be clothed with humility. Be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but He gives grace. What? To the humble. Verse six is therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all on him, for he cares for you. Now I'm going to tell you something, we'll we'll end with this. How many of you recognize the importance of being humble? How many of you want to be humble? You and I are not humble when we hold on to our anxieties, our worries, our cares, our concerns. I'm going to let that sink in. You and I are not humble when we hold on to our anxieties, our fears. Is there any fear today? Is there fear out there in the world today? You and I are not humble when we hold on to our anxieties, our worries, our concerns, and cares. In all reality, we're proud. We're going to end with that because I want that to sink in. I remember as a young minister going to a convention, and, and the, the young man that taught that was from the gangs originally, and he, he was a, a strong individual, and he taught this how God had to get a hold of him he thought he was humble. In reality, he wasn't because he was holding on to his concerns, his fears, his cares. God, how are you going to take care of us through this pandemic? How are you, you know, the food shortages that are... How are, we, how are you going to take care of us? If you and I are worried about the future and fearful about things, we're proud people. Because pride says, I'll take care of it. I'll figure a way out. I'll go to Hy-Vee and buy every, what's, what's the shortage now? Toilet, flour, formula. Which makes it, your pride makes it hard for the mother that really needs that formula. So if you're worried and concerned about the future, I want you to leave here today knowing you have a problem with pride. I don't know if I like this church. He says, I'm proud. Now what you do is you cast all your care upon him. And I've done it. And how many picked it back up again? How many have confronted your fears and then you dealt with it again? We've got to get to a point, folks, where we truly humble ourselves. Amen. I didn't even get to minister what I wanted to preach today, but you know what? I hope I said I had said something that made you mad. Because if I don't make you mad, I'm not doing my job. Anybody mad at Jesus when he walked this planet? A lot of people. But when you hear the Word, it gets a hold of you. It renews your mind. It helps you realize some things are still out of order. And you've got to get make some adjustments. Amen? Let's stand up. Thank you for being so attentive. Thank you for being so attentive in worship. That was powerful today. Amen? Anyone here that you're sick in body and need prayer? Baby or mama or who? Me. Are you sick of him? Sometimes, Sometimes, yeah. What's going on? Oh, you just need God. No, you're not. You're not falling apart. Extend your hands. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Healing is in the name of Jesus. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we take authority, anything that's out of order in her body. We say, come into divine order in the name of Jesus. We curse any lumps. We command that hernia to heal supernaturally. Lord, that you... Renew her strength like the eagles, that she'll run and not be weary and walk and not faint. Thank you, Holy Spirit, this morning for ministering everything that she needs in her body. And Do you sense, do you sense that? That's the anointing. That's the anointing of God. You don't need to fall down. Just, just soak up that anointing. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage. Jesus, 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 Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for healing miracle today. That her life and her healing will be a testimony. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Yes, sir. Shoulder. Lonnie, come here. Where's Lonnie? Come here. He's going to help us pray. Did God do something for you? Come here. Don't need a backup. Well, yeah, that's all right. We will surround you. Which at both shoulders? Yeah, my right. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, you said we could lay hands on the sick and they'd recover. We loose healing anointing. You're no respecter of persons, which you did for Lonnie. You can do for Steve. So, Holy Spirit, we thank you for ministering to him today. Healing, peace, joy, strength. Every ligament, every tendon, every muscle healing flow. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, you guys, all you need to do, sometimes you're healed instantly, and that's wonderful, but a lot of times, for me, it's just, thank you, Lord. Satan comes to to speak in your ear, you didn't get anything. Just say, thank you, Lord Jesus, you're my healer. Thank you, Lord Jesus, I receive when, when pastors Mike, Kathy, and Lonnie laid hands on me, amen. That's how you fight the good fight of faith. Does everyone here know Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. Come here, Bobby and Laura. I'm going to pray for you because Bobby's leaving. I don't know when he's he's leaving on a jet plane, and we don't know when he's coming back. Okay, get here. Give me the. That's I want you. That's good. She has a testimony.
2: I had a cyst that was like egg size for over three years. Never went away. I was there every day. Amber prayed for me donut morning.
4: Donut morning. The donuts.
2: (laughs) And the next day I went to the doctor, and the doctor could not find it anywhere. It is gone. It has not come back. It won't.
4: (laughs) Amen. That's good.
0: Donut
4: day. He's going out to work in Colorado. For the same company, but they're sending. He's going to be able to stay with his family, which is a good thing. I don't, we don't know how long he's going to be gone, but there's a preacher out there, too. They'll, they'll keep, a, keep an eye on you. Yeah, so let, let, let's pray for him, Father, and p- both of them. Thank you, Father, for blessing their journey. Thank you for the good job that you provided for them. Lord, we continue to thank you that his steps be ordered of you, that no weapon formed against him shall prosper in Jesus' name. That, Lord, you you minister your grace, healing, strength, peace, prosperity, blessings, Lord. And as he's willing and obedient, he'll eat the good of the land. And, Father, I pray, Lord God, that you'll stir his heart to go to church. In Jesus' name, safety in their travels. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll miss you. Yeah, she's staying, but he's, he's going to be gone for a while. Amen. Amen. Well, people, it's been a good morning. Anything else? Wednesday night, she'll be teaching. She's a good teacher. My prayer thing is gone for now, just for a season. But we need, we need to be taught the word of the Lord, even more so in these days. Amen. So we'll see you Wednesday night. Don't forget to drop your kids at Divots. God bless you.